Welcome back, everybody, to Founders Corner. Today, I have Doug Moranian on as a guest with me, and he is a VP of Marketing and Sales, uh, primarily in sales. And I love talking to Doug because of the insight that he brings for uh, for the fact that he's worked with so many startups, and he's able to bring the insight of his experience working with startups and founders, especially, and being able to give us some. Um, uh, tips and tricks on what it is that we can do as founders differently so that we can actually uh, make sure our sales team goes out there and actually crushes it. All right. So um, big uh, round of applause for uh, Doug. Doug, welcome to the show. <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me, Safar. I appreciate it. Happy to be here and uh, yeah, excited. I, I enjoy our conversation. So thanks for having me. I appreciate you being here. So uh, thank you for making the time and uh I can't wait for our founders to actually like get some uh, experience out of you because when you and I talked, um, I, I I think at one point I was like, I should have just hit record right now. <laughs> so, great conversation. So I was like, I, Doug, I have to bring you on this podcast. So Doug, why don't you give us a little bit of your background? What, what got you to sales? Uh, why do you, because uh, you've gone to about four startups now, right? Yeah, thank you. Um, and and I think you know there's folks out there uh, in your audience and founders out there that are dealing on a lot of different levels. I mean, some are looking for investment, some are you know. So um, you know, mine were probably uh, a bit smaller um, in comparison, but I think the dynamics are the same. You know, it's an exciting time. The, the whole conversation that you and I are having it was spurred by the the. Um, a post that you had that was basically, you know, you're a founder and you're looking to expand or add or bring on a salesperson. And that's an exciting time in your business. That's an exciting time in your, in your growth. But that comes as I, from a salesperson's perspective, a sales manager's perspective, that should come with a lot of, of thought, you know, forethought. And, 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 and that's this mistake. I mean, to boil this down and we'll dig a little deeper uh, to boil this down I think that's where where folks um, fall short, you know. With that's the you thing. Know, so uh, my background is with yes, four four different companies that uh, basically I was their in essence their first sales fire. So I can speak from experience. Yeah, and one of the thing I noticed with I would say most founders uh, that I've dealt with is they almost lean incredibly, like they lean heavily on the sales guy. Right, they they bring the the sales, uh, you know, they bring their first sales uh, leader, um, and they kind of assume that they'll just take over, right? And so, you know, our conversation, my conversation with you on LinkedIn was exactly the opposite of that. It, it should be uh, the founder should be selling, and that sales guy needs to come and learn from the founder. Um, and you kind of agree with that. So why don't you expand on that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. I, it, it comes down to, you know, again, it's an exciting time. Founders, I think, by nature, want to see movement, right? They they don't like to. So all the folks that I've worked with, um, again, four times I've been that first sales hire. So they want to get things moving. They want to get things going quickly. And, um, you know, it, it's important to, to ramp up. And that's when they hire that sales guy, right? Like, it's almost like, oh, no, I need more sales. <laughs> well, it's, it, it, true. It is sometimes a reactive situation. Um, the difference is 
what you really have to do is you have to dial back and say, why am I bringing this person on and what exactly? And this is something that I wasn't early in my career. I didn't, I didn't have the experience to ask. If I was bring, being brought in now, um, I would ask the question and say to them, okay, well, define or explain to me what exactly when you say sales, they, it's too general of a term. Yes. Way too general. In, right. you know, so what does this person look like? What are they, not what they, what does their role look like? What are their, what's their day look like? What's their responsibility? Where do you really see them helping? That's the question founders have to ask. They can't just say, I'm going to, it's time for me to bring on a salesperson. They have to say, what, what is this? Where is this person? And how is this person going to help me? Because ultimately you might not need a full-time salesperson. What you might initially need is someone who is a, account manager yes who who is able to talk about additional products and services and that's kind of like customer service account management that's not a salesperson so in my world when you say that you want a salesperson that means you want someone focused on all sales all the time so it's actually funny you say that um because i i do recognize the fact that not all salespeople are good at everything right and you and i kind of have- right and one thing I'll tell you right away is when we originally started Corridor, um, I had my partner Bob uh, come in and the first thing I said to him, I said, look, I can sell. What I cannot do is go into a networking event and be able to open those doors because that's just not my personality type, right? And and but him and I kind of had that like tag team situation going where you know we both understood the, the role and we both understood the situation. And he would make the he would kind of introduce Corridor or talk to them and be like, look, you need to talk to my guy, Seth. And and he'll uh, hand it off to me and I I carry the, the relationship forward. So I love that you said that because I do believe that founders need to understand where their biggest challenge is and where their biggest um, you know um, strategic advantage is. Yeah, and that's where um, and that was kind of the next step that we were talking about okay, is okay what. No, no, it's okay. No, you're great. I mean, what is it that you want this person to do? Where is it you, you want them to help? Like, let's more clearly define what their role is going to be. Um, you know, is it is it inside sales? Is it outside sales? Is it is it a very you know? There are salespeople, and and some organizations ideally you would get to the point where it is structured that way. Mm-hmm. But when you when you think of really successful organizations and you think of their sales team. Their sales team is solely focused on selling. Yes. They don't do customer service. They don't do account management. They don't. Now, when you're in a smaller company, uh, I want you all those worst uh, customer service people. Look at ever trust the auto customer service. In my experience, you know, I was lucky, and I'm, I wouldn't change it for the world. I actually was asked to do all of those things. I right. was asked to go out and find. I was asked to go out and get us a new customer but then also take care of them, manage, you know, from a customer service standpoint, manage the account, do all of those things in bigger or organizations, if that's what you're growing to. So the answer where I'm going with this is a lot of times people will think we need to hire a seasoned salesperson. Well, if you're asking that person to do everything, you do sales and customer service and account management and all these other things in addition to it, that's a very, that's a different role. That's, that's somebody, and you have to hire for that. Um, 
So are they going to be inside? Are they going to be outside? Are they going to be solely focused on sales? Or are they going to be asked to do, you know, these other tasks? So once you get past that, I think, you know, you hit the nail right on the head. Once you get past that, then it's up to, I think, the founder to decide, okay, the strengths and weaknesses. My strength is, you know, I, you know, Sapir's uh, strength is this, my weakness is X or Y, and, and that's where the salesperson, this person is going to come in and fill that gap. I'm so, very good at nurturing. So. Well, that's my advantage. And then my biggest disadvantage is I cannot go to networking events. And and we kind of joke around in the office on this, like Bob is our like dynamite. We don't <laughs> to networking events. I mean, just, there's just, it's like fishing with dynamite. But um, I think what a lot of founders also struggle with is their lack of understanding of the sales cycle too, right? Because a lot of times is founders come out and they're, they're industry experts. They, they fully understand the industry they're involved in and they, they get it, they understand it, but they're not seasoned salespeople. And, and so they sell with passion, they sell with excitement and that's great. Like that, that, that's how you start. You have to start that way. But then when the sales guy comes, they're like expecting the same from them, right? Like they're expecting, why aren't you as passionate? It's like, well, they're passionate about money. So, <laughs> well, you, you. And I, in our last conversation, and I was trying to, I couldn't find the word, and I thought about it after we talked. And the best way that I can describe it is, you said, you know, founders uh, can sell and they're passionate. Yeah. So founders, I would say that they don't sell. Founders represent the company. Founders are the company. They are, they live it, they breathe it. It's their baby, so to speak. That was a, yeah. you know, you and I said that earlier. But selling is a different thing. Selling is, there's a process, there's a method, methodology, you know, there's, you know, it's not about manipulation and things like that, but it is, it's something that you have to do on a daily basis. And, and it is a skill set. Yeah. Founders don't necessarily, when they say, oh, well, you know, I think a, the founder is the person who should be the most passionate, passionate about the company. They should be the most knowledgeable and they should be willing to represent the company. Right. But that doesn't necessarily mean that they're the ones who should be selling. And nor so should they. I, when I say when they have to start selling, I meant like early stage because realistically, they yeah, oh them. sure. But yeah, you're sure. looking after after they start having that cash hold, they have to step away from that sales cycle. And and part of, and and that and part of that cycle, or you know, you can't get into that cycle until um, you know going bad. You said nurturing, which is a great great uh, great term. If you're bringing on somebody who you want to go out and go, you know, help your company find new business and find new opportunities. Yep. And that is your first, that is the first time you're hiring for that role. Yeah. Then you have to be prepared as a founder to spend a lot of time with them initially. Oh, yes. Bang on. A lot. And I mean like hip pocket, they're your shadow. Absolutely. I mean, and because now if you do that, your passion should transcend to them. They should get excited about the product or the service like you do because they're spending time with you and they see how passionate you are about it, but they also see the benefits of it. They see why it's it, it works and it's exciting and why it's, it, you know, why they should be excited about bringing it to people. Um, well, and, that goes, back, and it, that goes back to what you and I said, right? It, it's all about confidence. Like sales guys need confidence to sell. Um, and if they're confident about the product, they're confident about the company, they're confident about the founder, it's only like you'd be amazed at what they're able to do versus when they're that's not there. Right. Like you experience. Right. If, 
if you're confident, once you get to the point where you're, you have a knowledge base and you truly are confident in how your product or service, the impact it has and, and how it benefits a, a customer, how it can benefit a, a potential customer, that is, you need that before you ever go in and make a sales pitch. That's right. So you, you, so that, I guess that would be the, the litmus test or the barometer that a founder, in my, again, just my opinion, I got, no, it, it would, that would be, that, that would be the barometer of the litmus test that a founder would use to say, okay, does this person, can this person articulate, can this person go in and truly uh, expand on how and how this product or our, how our product or service is going to be impactful, how it's going to benefit this person's uh, organization or business. You know, it, once that person gets to that point, then they can go out and start selling. If, yeah. it, it, if, if until, they're, until they're there, until that founder feels that they're there, then you shouldn't turn them loose necessarily. You should go with that, either go with them or, or do some, uh, and, and the other thing um, that would circle back to, um, you know, this, this is, you know, where we said some of the things, um, you know, do they speak with current customers? Do they go to, do they go on site with a current a customer and maybe see the product or service in action on, on the, on the user end, right? And uh, do they um, uh, do, do some mock, you know, mock sales calls? Do, do you have a training program? What do you, you know, what, what tools are you going to give to them and what, what uh, direction are you going to give to them and education are you going to give to them as they come on board? That's all things that you have to give some thought to. Yeah, and I think what happens is because founders are so bottlenecked with everything else that's happening operationally, um, software sides, uh, you know, I'll, I'll speak to software. Um, but one of the biggest things is what happens is they hire reactively, right? And, and it's not to their fault. Um, they're, they're kind of bottled down. They're getting a lot of demos. Maybe they're not converting all those demos or they're not even getting demos, right? And they're starting to panic and they go, oh, oh I have to hire someone. And what ends up happening is they hire a guy um, and they kind of expect that guy to do everything. <laughs> yeah, fun back to specialization like you and I kind of discussed. So how do you avoid, how do you, what's your suggestion? Because you were in that scenario as well, but what's your suggestion on how to approach, you know, like like we said, there's there's different roles in sales, like, right? You got the, you know, sales development reps um, whose entire role is to literally make phone calls, make connections, and bring the deals to the account executives, right? And then you got the, uh, you know, sales engineering. You have so many different roles in sales. So how do you bring in a guy where you can kind of um, have proper expectations for, or like good at KPIs? Like, what are your thoughts on that? Well, the... It, it all comes down to expectations. I mean, it, there are some tremendous sales professionals out there that I'm honored to know that have no interest in helping develop policy and procedure. <laughs> yeah, that's the They have no interest in helping to, to map out how we, you know, should use the CRM and, you know, none of that. They, they want to sell. That's all they want to do. So you can't, maybe it, you can, you have to make a decision whether or not you can or cannot hire that person. And you can't expect them to, you can't expect them to just turn into something that they're not yep. just because you're, just because you're a startup. Yeah. So, so here's, you know, and here's where I would go with that. You know, sometimes even like, okay, I know a founder can't spend all day, every day with, you know, their new hire, but most, most organizations before they hire a sales, uh, someone for sales, 
has a customer service or some kind of person answering the phone, dealing with customer, right? I think it's fair. I think it's fair to say. I mean, let's back up a second. You're bringing on a salesperson because you already have some customers and you think there's growth potential for to go get more customers. Somebody's there helping those existing customers. Whoever that person is, the salesperson should be spending a lot of time with them too, because they're getting the calls from the customer that says, "I'm having trouble with this." And they could tell you, listen, they could tell you, listen, any nine times out of 10, this is the issue they're having with our software. Nine times out of 10, this is the issue they're having with our product, right? It brings so customer feedback. Like that, that is the perfect thing for marketing to take that and convert that into the product, like translate it into the product. Yeah, you're right. It, it, it really is. It really is. It's not that, um, it, it, it's, it's really about founders having someone that they trust. Um, challenge them to just say, to better define. They can't just say sales. Yeah, I need to hire something. If you if you're just saying I want to hire somebody for sales, you're setting yourself up and the and the hire your new hire up for fit. So Doug, one question I have for you is, and this has happened to me in the past, and this is what kind of why I'm asking you. I you know salespeople also they take the path of least resistance, right? That's um like my opinion, but it's probably yeah. <laughs> And you guys would agree with that. But so what happens is they, they get a lot of customer feedback on a regular basis, right? And good sales guys will be able to um, basically grab, uh, you know, a customer's feedback and turn it into an opportunity. And mm -hmm. there are some customer feedbacks where it's like, it's kind of ridiculous. And it's more of a, um, here's a pushback. And they kind of take that pushback instead of, really converting on the sales and like kind of selling the benefits or on value of the product, they kind of take that and go, okay, well, that's the problem with the product. Let me just go back to my dev team. They have to fix absolutely everything. And they're not really selling the value of the product. Right. Um, what, how do you, how do you, as a founder, especially because really early on, if you hire a bad sales guy, that's, what's going to end up happening is they just keep coming back to you and going, well, customers are asking for this or this or this. And he's not really selling, but he's being more feedback than selling, right? How do you how do you approach that scenario? Well, I mean, it's unfortunate. Sales does get a bad rap, you know. Um, and there's people who continue to feed into that. Yeah, what are you brave yet? And uh, the fact of the matter is, selling with integrity and selling with um, it doesn't mean that you say yes to everything. It doesn't mean you say no to everything, but you know, a good salesperson, a good salesperson in my experience and, and what I try to be is a good listener. Yes. You know, what, what is it, what is, what is it you're looking for? What is it, the problem that you're trying to solve? I mean, that would be my question. If, if I was, you know, if a founder called me tomorrow and said, Doug, I want you to help me figure out what it is I'm looking for in a salesperson, it's going to be me just basically questioning them in 15, 20 different ways about what it is they're looking for, what this person's going to be doing. So where I'm going with this is it, it's the same thing when the salesperson goes out to meet with a, with a potential customer. Yeah. Um, it shouldn't just be about telling them all about the product and all about the service. It should be learning about their business, what issues and challenges that they're having, where can we fit, do we fit, but also then being honest to say to them, okay, listen, I think we can help with X, Y, and Z. And then eventually our software could, you know, we're looking to add that feature or we're looking to, you know, so I will tell you this, it, it, 
it, if you're making anytime you're making a sales hire, if there's a, a way, um, maybe that you could ask a question. You want to really, you really do want to try to figure out: Does this person sell with integrity? And by that, I mean, are they somebody who is just going to say yes to everything because they think that's going to get them the sale? Then is that the person you want? So here's like I kind of built a formula in my head when I approach sales guys that. Um, like if I'm talking to a sales guy, I'm looking for three major things. And by the way, on the listening side, so, so massive. I think, uh, I think it was like when I was in university, just before I started my first company, um, I, I was working at Apple and my manager came up to me and said, look, when you're selling and, and Apple is like one of those relaxed scenarios, right? Like it's kind of like, you know, let everybody experience the product. Like that was the whole point of the stores was an experience center but we still had quotas we had to hit and the guy come up came up to me he's like i want to watch you do um a run through with the client so i was doing the run through and everything and you know again it comes down to that let me t tell you about the product and this was like 15 years ago when you know apple was just becoming a big thing again because of the iphone so people when they're approaching the computer they were kind of like this is a different system and the first thing he said is I want you to just shut up and listen, right? And he's like, you should be talking maybe 20% of the time, 80% yeah. of the time they should be talking, right? Because they're giving you valuable information as they speak, right? And as they're speaking, you're literally listening and utilizing what they're telling you to be able to approach the product in their way. Because you can't, if you don't listen, how are you going to know what, how are you going to sell a product to the, to the client? right? They're giving you valuable information. So the three things I look at is, is do they listen or do they rather talk? Do they like hearing their own voice or do they like hearing other people's voice? Are they active listeners or uh, reactive listeners? And what I mean by that is like, you know, a sales guy, like if you're talking to me, I'm listening to what you're saying, I'm comprehending what you're saying, and then I'm responding like, uh, to what you're saying if there's, there's a response to be at. Whereas I find some sales guys, they'll listen, they'll listen. They're not actually processing what you're saying. They're actually thinking about the next thing they need to say, right? It's almost like a checkbox for them, but they're not actively listening. And then the third thing is how organized they are. Because I think really good sales guys, um, they're, they're, they're organized in the follow-up sense. Uh, they're very good at like keeping track of their clients, keeping a nice pipeline, um, you know, follow-ups, all those things become critical. Because I think statistically, you have to have at least eight follow-ups uh, to really be able to get to a customer eventually, right? So it does take a lot of process, and I'll call it administrative work, and they hate saying that, but <laughs> what are your thoughts on that? Because that, that's my three categories I kind of look at when I'm looking at a sales guy. Um, yeah, and, and I um, not to... <laughs> not to uh stir the pot here but you know we keep saying sales guys you know salesmen and women i mean that, I, I gotta tell you i've seen a lot of there's that's a reason that's a there's a reason a lot of women do very well at sales. Yeah, I agree. they're good listeners they're good listeners they're organ they're organized right and they care you know they care they and and you know i've seen some uh some some female uh some sales women uh who who are fantastic i mean they're so salesmen and women. Um, oh, by the way, but the, the I, I agree with you 100% because they have a different personality and I, I love that personality about the- They do. And, 
And we actually had more sales women than we did have guys at Corridor because I, their approach is completely different. And they're, and they're not, you know, they're, I think in your, you know, generations past, they weren't, they weren't pushed, uh, into, or, or, or encouraged to go into sales. And that's a shame because they're, you know, so we're seeing so much more of that and that's wonderful, but, um, ultimately any sales and I keep seeing professionals, like I, I see sales, like there's a different, there's salespeople, there's people who think they're in sales. It's a profession. And what you, all the things that you touched on, all the things you touched on, I would agree with. And I would tell you that if you know i'm 20 years now that's learned like I, you're not they say oh good sales people are people are born with personality and people are born that they're easy to talk to where they're likable that, that's all good and great but the skill set is learned because there's no i mean I think, I think it's university of central florida it's actually a fellow i follow on, on linkedin university of central florida is like one of the very first universities that i know of that has sales as a major wow Okay, and I, where they teach, where they teach it, like they teach you to be a salesperson wow. and a sales manager, and I mean, it's, it's like all of us. Sales, sales, or is it like software? Is it like industry specific, or is it like general? I, I believe it. I believe it's just general. I don't know if it's a major or if it's a course. It might just be a course. I don't know if it's an actual major. Forgive me. I I should step back. But they're teaching. But they're teaching. They're structuring a a, a class a classes around how to be a salesperson. That's actually amazing. Because there's a lot of methodology, methodology that goes behind sales. Like it's not- It's 20, it's 2020, it's 2023. Yeah. So when you think about it, anybody who's graduated, yeah. you know, in the, you know, up until today, or until they, you know, has basically learned sales after they got out of school. Yeah, true. So it's, so digital, you know, so I was lucky. I, I was lucky to go and work for smaller companies where I was able to do, to wear a lot of different hats and learn directly from the owners, the founders. And I, I had good mentors and they taught me how to sell and sell with integrity and sell the right way to not promise the world when you know you can't deliver. Um, you know, you, you those are the things that you, you certainly want to look out at, look out for. But again, here's a great example. You said you like somebody, you like to look for someone uh, who's organized would agree wholehearted i would agree wholeheartedly well let's let's drill down a little bit more what does organized look like well how did the means they're using their crm yeah. how often are they using it what data are they putting into it right so you can't just say to a salesperson hey i want you to make sure i want you to make i want to make sure you're using the crm yeah well no what what exactly what data yeah what data what data do you need me to input into there why is it important? How is it going to benefit me? Because here's the other thing. For every, for everything you, every task you give them that is not related to quote unquote interacting with a, with a potential customer, yeah. that's time away from selling. Yeah. So the longer I have to sit at my computer and do data entry into the CRM, that's one less phone call I can make to a potential customer. If you want me to help develop a policy and procedure, and that takes me a couple hours for a couple days for a couple weeks, or, that's less time that I have to make calls and go out and get new customers. Yeah. So every time you every time you layer on something, like you have to be realistic. It, you know, founders have to be realistic. If you're going to layer on other things, then you can't look at them and say, "Well, wait a second, how come you only made X number of calls or only had X number of appointments?" 
in fairness, you know, you had them doing 20 hours worth of a week uh, of work that had nothing to do with it where they couldn't make calls, yeah. where they couldn't take me, you know. Right. Um, so, you know, that's the temp. That's the, that's, I think that it's really about founders really defining well-defined job, you know, the expectations about what the job is going to entail. It's about founders kind of saving them from themselves, which is, I want this person to do this too, but you, you know, you have to remind yourself as a fine, as a founder and appreciate the sales role that if I ask them to do this, that's time away from them making calls. That's time away from them prospecting. It's time away from them networking. It's so I so love you, you brought up the CRM thing because it, I, that's always a point of friction between um, like marketing and founders and the administrative team with sales guys, right? And I think when we were talking, you hit it on on the head when you said you have to portray, you have to tell, you have to express, not even tell, but express the value to the sales guy if he inputs the CRM yeah. correctly and how that affects his sales cycles and how that affects his sales in general, because then they'll do it, right? They, they want to do better. They want the commit, like they want to sell. Like that's what they love to do. That's where they get the dopamine, right? Is selling and getting that validation. Yeah. So you have to express to them, hey, like when you're putting in the sales lead, we're trying to figure out where the leads are coming from so that we can bring you more leads. We can invest more into that channel. Right. And that right away is a trigger to them going, oh, wow, I want more leads. Absolutely. I'm going to do that. Like, even, right. well, even and uh, software, just to add this, we, what, when, when customers come to us and say, I want to build a CRM system, we are constantly thinking, how can we simplify it so much that the sales guy barely has to think? <laughs> because we know, we know that's a challenge. So it's, it is, and I'll give you. It's so funny. I just, I, I had a big smile on my face because I, I, it's the first time I've actually thought about it. First time I've actually thought of it this way. If you remember the Karate Kid, right? Yeah. When wax on, wax off, paint the fet. He has him doing all these tasks, yeah. but he doesn't understand why he's doing them. That's right. Right. And then he finally, and then he finally has this aha moment where he, you know, Mister Miyagi shows him that this is what. Wax on, wax off. You know, if this is paint the. Right. This is why and how it's a long, how it's applicable. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, but when he's doing it, he has no idea why he's doing it, and it's irritating the heck out of him. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's how salespeople feel. Yeah. When you ask us to do something, but we have no idea why you're asking us to do it, or why it's a, how it's applicable, or how it's going to come back to help us. Yeah. It's it's just it's just time away from selling. That's how we see it. We see it as time away. That's just time away. They're taking time away from me and my opportunity to sell. Right. So here's the thing: if you have in the CRM a how did you hear about us field, like where did the lead come from? Okay, and you tell them that it has to be filled in and it has to be noted, and we need to track this. Okay, and three months go by and you never come back to the sales team and say to them. Hey, just so you know, we pooled all of last the data for the last ninety days, and X number of our leads came from here. You know, this is the breakdown of where our leads came from. And you never report back to them on that; they'll yeah. never use it. Yeah, they'll 
Because if they don't, because you haven't, you have, if, you know, and that's not the sales. I, I mean, I'm being def I'm defending the sales team, right? As you should. It's not the sales team's fault. No. It's not the I sales agree. team's fault. The sale, it, you asked us to put all this information in. We did, and then you never were, you never came back to us and showed us how it was useful. Like I said, so I'm not going to do it. Those guys take the path of least resistance. So if they don't see value in it, they're not gonna they're not gonna keep pursuing it. They're not uh, they're not uh, you know. But uh, uh. if I'm if I'm in the if I'm in the office, and um, one of my colleagues walks by me and says, "Hey, listen, I just got you know uh, three leads from this like group on LinkedIn." I'm going to join that group on LinkedIn. One hundred percent. That's your first instinct, right? I'm going to say, "What's what, what's the name of that group again?" I'm going to join. I'm going to join it, right? Because, but if because I see it's working for that. So if I look, if you come back to us and you say, "Hey, Doug, listen, you know our leads from this, you know, you know," and that's again, then now that that folds over or spills over to to marketing. You see that you're getting a lot of leads from this source. Well, hey, we need to allocate more dollars to that. You know. Um, and get in hand in theory we'll get more leads and more you know more activity for the salespeople and this that and the other so it's really it's all about it's all about intent it's all about purpose it's all about you know and, and founders are really good about that but you know you can't be when it comes time i think you know in short when you and i were talking um when it comes time to bring on that first when it comes time to, to that you want to bring on somebody who's more sales oriented, mm -hmm. um, you, you really have to stop and think and take the time to say, okay, what exactly is it look, that I'm looking for this first sale, quote unquote, sales hire to do? Right. And it's okay. It's okay. And I got to tell you, probably expected that that person will be selling and providing customer service, providing some account management. Like, they will be doing more things than just sales. And if you find the right person, um, and that's, I think, where my opportunities have come from. Yeah. My opportunity, the reason why I've gone from one, uh, you know, growing company starting, you know, um, each each company that I've joined has either been starting out or has been in that phase where they've gotten to a point where now it's time to hire a salesperson. Yeah. And I was that person. And I was that person. The reason the reason I think that I, I was given that opportunity where others weren't is because I was comfortable coming in and saying to them, "Oh yeah, I've done trade shows. Oh yeah, I've done, you know, I've done, done networking events. I've, I've done right. So I've done sales and all these other ancillary functions that you don't really have somebody to fill right now. Yeah. But once it came time, you know, I did marketing. I did, you know. But the, the nice thing about it was, in, in in most of those companies, as we grew. And we could get to the point where we could afford to bring on somebody who just did marketing. Right. We 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 hired somebody. We hired, yeah. And then as I went out and got more customers, and the company grew a little bit more, we went out and got somebody who just did account management. Yeah, and we got so you know the the progress is always you hire generalists at the beginning, um, then those generalists become the managers, and then you start hiring specialists. Right. And and you're that first. That first sales hire, I remember somebody I worked with. Uh, she was very good. Um, she was a good, she was a very good salesperson. But at the end of the day, she liked the customer service part of it more than anything. Yeah. Right. She didn't necessarily like being on the road as much. She wanted to be in the office. She liked being more in the office and more more home base kind of thing. So we we looked at that and we said, okay, listen, you know, she did a wonderful job selling, but her real passion or what she really 
enjoys is customer service. And we're looking, so we're going to make her the customer service manager and she's going to hire two people for customer service and she will take over that. So that's now her department. Yeah. So, and then we went out and hired a salesperson to fill that spot where she, what, where she was previously. So all those things, it's all going to evolve. It's all going to evolve. It's an exciting time again, you know, to, to, as where we first, what an exciting time for a founder, right? You're, it's, man, we've got growth potential. I need somebody to help me with that. That's one. That's great. That, that's all good things. But be, on on the way to doing that, and as you get ready to, to to bring that person on, take the time to make sure you really think it through. What do I need this person to do? Am I going to ask them to do? That's the number one question. Yep. And it's and, and that's okay. And that's okay. And the answer is probably yes. But the number one question is, am I going to ask this person to do other things outside of strictly selling? And if the answer is if the answer is yes, then you need to define that and say, okay, this is and this is the other this yeah, yeah. And again, like you said, the eighty the eighty twenty right. Listen, uh, you know, listen eighty percent of the time, talk twenty. It's the same thing. How much time? Okay, this person, I need this person to do this, this, and this, but I want to make sure that fifty percent of their time is dedicated to just selling, right? right? Well, then you tell them, you know, you say, I don't want to see you in the office on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. I, and you let them and you let them do that. Um, so, so it, it, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, no that's it. Uh, it's a. Uh, so, Doug, if you were to give one advice, I mean, we're coming up on our time here, so I don't want to keep you too much. But if you were to give one advice to uh, a founder, like if you were to say, "This is what you should like think early stage, right? Think when they're out to hire you for the first time, first sales guy on the team." What is the number one advice you give them? Patience. Patience. Okay, I like that. Okay. Do you want to expand on that? It's not. It's it, it's 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 not because if you get the right person, it's not because we're not trying. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. Believe me, we don't. We want to see that commission check. Yeah. Um. You know, I would I would tell you we're not as money driven as some are but most of us we just like we like we like we enjoy the process we enjoy going from start to finish and getting that deal done it's a nice feeling right Right. um but if in this situation specifically the one that you and i you know that got you and i talking Mm -hmm. we're talking about that first sales hire if you've got the right if you've got the right person and you'll know if you do you have to be patient with them. You have to be patient with them to learn your business, yeah. to learn the intricacies of your business. You have to be willing to spend the time with them and answer questions for them. You have to make sure other make other people within the organization available to them to do the same thing. Yeah. You have to be patient with them as they lose deals potentially in the beginning. Like you and I talked about this last time. Yeah. The you have to be patient in the sense that if they come back and they didn't get a deal, okay, let's dig into why. What was the customer's reasons? What were the what were the reasons you know that they gave you? What were the reservations? What features did they say we didn't have? It wasn't that they didn't like the salesperson. And I'll and I'll turn this around. I'll turn let me turn this around again. I have lost deals to other salespeople that I know the customer doesn't particularly like. Yeah. They like me better. Yeah. Doesn't mean they're, 
But they like it, but his, but his or her product click it checked more boxes for them. Yeah, that's right. Hit you know solved more pain points for them. So I have gone in and said to myself, I've I've got left, I've left, got in the car, shaking my head, and said to myself, they don't even like that person. That other salesperson, they've even they've pretty much told me they don't even like him or her, but their product was the product or solution was was a better fit. Right. Okay, so it's great to so it's not that somebody doesn't like you know they're like don't founders I think sometimes get a little they get ahead of themselves. Right, it's not because the salesperson is not trying. It's not because the salesperson said something they shouldn't have said. It's not because um, the 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 salesperson isn't likable. Okay, it's it it takes time. It takes time to fill that funnel. It takes time to get them educated to where they can kind of do. They can dance with the customer. They can anytime the customer brings up an objection, they have they can say, "Well, that's you know, we actually do have a solution for that." Right? Yeah. It takes time, and and it does. It will not happen as quick. No matter what your timeline is, it won't happen as quickly as you want it to. So be patient. If you if you do feel that you have the right person, trust your gut. This is the right person. Don't jump to conclusions with, oh, like I said, all those reasons I said that you know that they must have done something wrong, or maybe they don't. The customers don't like them, or what? Now, if your gut tells you the customers don't like them, <laughs> then, yeah, then yeah, make a change. But but I, I I that would be my number one. That would be my number one piece of advice because that salesperson, believe me, if the if you're a founder and you're feeling a little frustrated or you're feeling like it's not happening fast enough, the salesperson feels that way too. Yep. The salesperson feels that it, 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 when you if, if the if you're a founder and you say, "Oh man, I wish this was happening fast enough. Why haven't we gotten any deals?" I'm as a salesperson, I'm going home at night saying the exact same thing. Yeah. Why is it this answer? Why am I not getting able to get more deal or close more deals? Right. We're, so. Um, that would be my that would be my number one. Awesome, Doug. Thank you so much for being here. I agree with that one hundred percent. By the way, patience is key. So, but thank you for being here. I really take uh, oh appreciate it. Um, I know our founders are going to take a lot of value from what we had a conversation about today, uh, because selling or hiring a sales guy and even selling itself is a sticky point for ninety nine percent of the founders. So. Um, uh, I'm not sure they're going to walk away with great value from this conversation. So thank you so much. We have to have you back on this podcast. With you, you have uh, you have way too much wisdom to keep in your. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I you know, the, I enjoy these conversations, and um, you know, it's always exciting. It's an exciting, like I said, it's it's exactly. it's fun to be a part. It's far it's fun to be a part of that time where a company really is like. I always, I always, it's it's a little sad in the early stages. Companies all they celebrate every single win, right? That's right. And there's always, and it's and it's a little, it's a little yeah, unfortunate. But, <laughs> right? It's a little unfortunate because there always, there always is a time in the growth of a company where all of a sudden somebody comes in and says, "Hey, I got a new account today," and everybody's like, "Oh, yeah, okay." <laughs> They're not as excited as, and not as excited as they were in the beginning. And the in the beginning, every win is celebrated, and I think that's an that I think that's wonderful, and uh, and that would be another piece of advice. It's all on a fun experience. Celebrate, celebrate every win. Yeah. Celebrate every every time. Anytime somebody comes in and and is able to uh, announce that they have brought on uh, a new customer, that's a good day. And yeah. uh, uh, whether that's whether that's you know the first year in the business or tenth year in the business, 
make sure you continue to celebrate those wins. So good luck to your your, your audience out there. I mean, you, you founders are, um, you know, brave, brave people. You know, I, I'm not one of, I, I, I've been that first sales hire, but I've never been the guy to, to take the plunge and, and, and go out on my own uh, and start a business. So I, all the credit in the world to your audience there. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm sure they're thanking you as well for that. Um, and so, yeah, anyways, uh, Founders Corner, everybody, thank you so much for being here and uh, listening to Doug and I talk. Like like I said, Doug is uh, experienced. He's already worked with four startups. So um, take everything he says to heart because uh, it it's true. I, I advocate for him on those uh, comments. And uh, if you have any questions, any thoughts, please let us know down below in the comments. Uh, hit that like button if you enjoyed this episode or share with anyone that you believe can uh, take a, take advantage of this content. We'd love to hear from them. Until next time, quarter out.